You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Aw, oh, yeah, we're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Prime here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, bro? Oh, yeah. You got that right, my friend. Excellent. It's an area in which we call the trend zone. It's Wednesday, October 3rd, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Dave, it's a brutal 90 degrees out here in the Sherm, dude. Dude, I, 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 you're suffering out there. It's just 73. Lovely. Still pretty cooking over here. I got to admit, though, uh, luckily the shore breeze uh, coming off the shore there is pretty nice, you know. It's tough relief. being a couple blocks away from the beach, yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know how you get it done. Yeah. Trooping. <laughs> In today's episode, we'll talk about some brutal injuries, some players returning from brutal injuries, a couple surprises via a cut and a trade, and all of the awesome games from the upcoming week. But Dave, before we get to all that, lay some tasty nugs on the people, bro. You got it, my friend. In each of the first four weeks, at least one game has gone to overtime. And if a game goes to overtime this week, 2023 will be only the third season in NFL history with extra periods in each of the first five weeks. Count on it, people. And Casey, 11 teams have played overtime this year, including the Colts, who've got two overtime games already in four weeks. Last week, three teams, Casey, we always say it, you're never out of this thing until it strikes zero. Three teams came back from 10 or more down to win. The Broncos down by 21. The Vikings by 10 and the Eagles by 10. Impressive comebacks. The Trend Zone is now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe because we appreciate stuff like that. All right, Dave, got to bring it down. A little bummer news right here. Hit the people um, with some of the brutal injuries, specifically in the AFC East. Yeah. No doubt, dude. Tredavious White uh, White has a torn Achilles. That'll do it for him. Christian Gonzalez, torn labrum. Ditto. He's out for the season. And Matthew Judon, they say, indefinitely out with that torn bicep. I don't know, man. Torn bicep sounds like you're out for the season to me. Yeah, dude. And I don't know. At the end of the season, they need to rush a, a vet back, even if he is available late. It's probably. Yeah, I, I mean, playoffs right only, dude. Yeah. All right, Dave, some more bad injury news, but not season-ending bad news. Yeah, so uh, running back Javante Williams for the Broncos, he's got a hip flexor strain. They expect him to be back week seven. T. Higgins got a rib fracture for the Bengals there, projected week, a week eight return. And a good timing on the bye for the Chargers, as Justin Herbert has a fractured finger in his le- uh, left hand, the non-throwing hand. So he's projected to miss no time as the Chargers have the bye week uh, there, Casey and uh, Mike Evans with a hammy uh, for the Bucks. There, he's projected to also miss no week as they are also on the bye. I'm sure they don't want to hold Justin Herbert out for that week six Monday night game. <laughs> Maybe wait, Easton I Stick think, instead. I think he's gonna he's gonna want to be there for that one. Uh, I think uh, Malik will want to want to say hi to him. I'm sure, Casey. Um, is he going to have that um, Raider glove, that special Raider That's glove right. going? I, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, he had a fractured finger, but I think he was trying to make a statement, a fashion statement, or maybe some, a little something for the Raider fans in the stands there, Casey. 
Oh, man. Anybody else, Dave? Oh, yeah. So Kenny Pickett, knee injury. Uh, they're expecting him out until week seven. So look for Trubisky, Trubes to be at the helm there. And then Casey Pratt, Fryermuth with a hammy projected week, week, week seven return. That's Pat Fryermuth. Patrick John Henry, Aquanimius Fryermuth. <laughs> One in <and> the same. <laughs> okay. All right. Dave, you got any good news? Yes, sir. I do. Actually, the Los Angeles Rams Cooper Cup uh, has been working that gnarly hamstring injury uh, for quite some time now. But McVeigh has affirmed indeed that the uh, he's being re- reactivated starting that 21 day window where they're bringing him back. Uh, and so look for him to I mean, maybe he could play as early as this weekend, but certainly within the next three weeks, they have to activate him. Two hammies, one cup. Yep. And also Jonathan Taylor, Casey, after spending four weeks on uh, the IR or the PUP, whatever it is, missing the first four weeks of the season also uh, due to that ankle injury. And also uh, there is no trade interest apparently at all. So he'll be back with the Colts this week. Colts got to figure something out. If he doesn't want to come back and play for them, you better trade him for something or he's going to walk. They're definitely not going to franchise him if they don't want to pay him what the amount is. Weird situation there. Yeah, it's it, it's a ugly situation, but I guess you think he's auditioning for the for the league, so good for him. Yeah, and they got it. What about a month until the uh, trade deadline? So that's true. We shall see. Yeah. All right, Dave. Some surprising news today in the AFC West. Yeah, the Chargers have traded J.C. Jackson to the Patriots, where he played his first years, uh, first four years of his career, where he was Mister Int. Uh, the Chargers signed him before last season to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. Huge contract. He just did not work out, had suffered some injuries with the Chargers, but when healthy was also just not fitting into the Chargers scheme there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers will be paying the majority, I believe, of his salary for this year and eating a ton because of the signing bonus off the salary cap uh, moving forward for dead money. In terms of that, good news for him. He gets to go back where Bill Belichick knows how to use him, and Belichick gets a guy who obviously played very well for the Patriots. They need him, uh, considering uh, the situation there with Witherspoon uh, being out as well. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, then and also, some... yeah, yeah, I was going to say the Denver Broncos cut Randy Gregory, your guy, right? Um, uh, he was apparently disgruntled there with the playing opportunities and such and his $14 million contract. He's available uh, out there now, and he has an offset. Anybody that signs him for anything will re- relieve some of that cap-, cap burden from the Broncos. But at this point, uh, you know, who wants Randy Gregory? We shall see. Yeah, Cowboys dodged one there, man, with that huge contract that he agreed to and then said, no, I don't think I want that. I'll get it from the Broncos. Good. We got. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are welcome back with open arms, though, right, Casey? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see (laughs) that jerk going to Philly. Oh man. (laughs) All right, being a model citizen, right? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Do they have legal weed in the state of Pennsylvania? It's going to be hard to leave uh, Colorado. Maybe he just stays there and doesn't play football. All right, Dave. The first quarter of the season is gone. We're moving into week five. Week five. Yeah, week five. Casey, it's slipping away. <laughs> Where does it go? Why is a month in the off season like six months, and then we yeah. get to the season and it's the blink of an eye? It's flying by, man. 
Uh, it really is. So we finally made it to the bye weeks. The Browns, the Chargers, Seahawks, and Bucks are all off this week. Dave, go ahead and get us started with Thursday night football. Yeah, you got it, man. It is the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. Commanders at home favored by six in this one. Interesting fat factoid, Casey. Den- uh, excuse me. The Bears defense has only two sacks. That's the least in the NFL. And Washington's offense. Howley has been sacked 24 times. That's the most in the NFL. So something's got to give. Either the Bears start getting some sacks or uh, the Reds, uh, the, 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 the FTs drink, start getting drink. Some, some protection for the quarterback. <laughs> I will take a drink, actually. Thank you. Man, this is the Riverboat Ron Rivera revival. I did it twice, baby. I made it both times. Yay. Yeah, right the former Bear there. decided not to gamble last week. When they had a chance to beat the Eagles by going for two, sent it into overtime, those commandos ended up losing. Luckily, I don't think this game will come down to the last play, but I don't know how a despondent Chicago team rallies from the brutality of watching a 21-point lead evaporate into a loss on a short week. Maybe they do. I mean, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? (laughs) No. It was not, baby. <laughs> All right, Dave, you feeling international, my friend? Oh, yeah. Sounds All good. All right. Time to wing on over to London. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, baby, hosting the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are five and a half point favorites in this one. Yeah. And after dropping the opener, Casey, to the Jets, the Bill, and that one was lots of turnovers happening. The Bills crushed the Raiders and Commanders in weeks two and three. Last week, one of the premier matchups as the Bills blew out the Dolphins 48-20, to that's got the Bills at 3-1, and one, man. This Bills offense is plus 84 in points oh. differential. <laughs> so that is the best in the league. Second is, of course, your Cowboys. But I digress. Josh Allen, Casey, over 1,000 yards passing on the season. Nine TDs, just four picks. And three of those were from week, week one. His pay- passer rating is 106.7. And last week, Allen had four touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown with a perfect passer rating of 158.3. James Cook is also running the ball well, Casey, averaging over five yards a carry. He had 77 scrimmage yards uh, and a rushing TD last week as well. So Buffalo's offense overall, sixth in yards per game, second in scoring at nearly 35 points a game. Nice balance between the run and pass, and second in the league on third down at 51%. So as long as Allen doesn't turn it over, they are extremely productive and defensively very solid to ninth in yards, second in points given up at under 14 points a game. Wow. And they're fourth against the pass, only weak spot, 20th versus a run. But they are really good on third down, getting teams off um, at just under 31% conversion rate. We'll see if Etienne can get it going against those bills. But these shags had to sleep over and swing in London town, baby. Yeah. I bet that was, though, a trip, like staying there, recovering from the game, doing your whole stuff, and having back-to-back games there, testing the waters to see how an international team might fare over there. But these Jags, they just need to be more consistent. Coming mm-hmm. off that playoff win last year and the wide openness of this AFC South, there's no expectations on this team to deliver. And so far, it's been a mixed bag. Um, if your name was Josh Allen, you had a great Sunday playing football. The Jags, Josh Allen, also great. He had three of the Jags, four sacks last week and a forced fumble. Ooh. That's his second three-sack game of the season. 
I'm going to see Josh Allen sack Josh Allen on Sunday, baby. <laughs> Gary Williams, he had the pick six against the ATL, one of three turnovers they got from those Falcons. They're plus four on the year. This defense, they're making plays, not quite carrying this Jags team, but helping that squad win games until the offense finds its rhythm, um, which looked like it was kind of starting to happen last week. But, man, this Bills have a tough, tough defense. Mm. Josh Allen crashing into Josh Allen, dude. That that could jeopardize the universe. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we can survive <laughs> that, <time>. right? <laughs> All right, moving on, Casey, to the regular early so- slot in the NFL. It's the Houston Texans at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons at home favored by two and a half in this one. Yeah, Falcons were feeling pretty good um, first couple weeks of the season. And then last week in London, it just was not clicking for those guys not getting any productivity out of the passing game. Uh, it's getting a Drake London very uh, – he's moving towards being disgruntled, but they're just not airing it out. Desmond Ritter's making a ton of mistakes. I don't ha- know how much longer they can hold off and not check out Heineke. Uh, the bright spot, mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson's been everything they would want out of him so far. Um, this is going to be a tough game, man. The Texans, I think – I don't know if they put the league on notice last week – but it surprised the hell out of me that what they did to the Steelers. Yeah, they are one of the more surprising teams in the league so far, sitting at two and two on a two game win streak, having really handled the Jaguars, uh, beating them by 20 and then beating the Steelers by 24. Those games weren't close. CJ Stroud, uh, actually fourth in passing yardage at over 1,200 and six TDs with zero picks. Very impressive start to CJ Stroud's career. One of nine QBs with 100 plus passer rating on the season. And they're scoring just above uh, 25 points per game. So uh, they are struggling, though, uh, running the football a little bit. But they are an excellent third down team. So another tribute to um, to Stroud there at um, over 48% conversion rate. That's fourth best in the NFL. Nico Collins, Casey, is uh, averaging 19 and a half yards per uh, catch. Uh, so And he's got three teams on the season. So he's a big play guy for them. Dalton Schultz, uh, your old guy. He knows nothing except he did catch a touchdown last week. Um, and then Houston's defense, decent, but not that good on third down. Actually ranked 27th in the league. Uh, so we'll see how this one turns out. But this, this is a good situation if these uh, if these Texans can keep it going. And really, this facing, like you said, a, a Falcons team that kind of needs to find themselves and mm-hmm. get a W really badly at home. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I like the way these Texans are playing, man. DeMar- uh, Marco Ryan's, man, getting it done. All right, now it's time to move on to a perfect cap battle, Dave. It's the Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Lions restoring the roar, favored by eight and a half. Yeah, Casey, and the 0-4 Panthers and rookie quarterback Bryce Young are off to a tough start. Um, And this Lions team is sitting at three and one, feeling pretty good about themselves. So their only loss came in overtime uh, versus Seattle. So almost an undefeated Lions squad here. David Montgomery, 141 scrimmage yards and three TDs last week. Goff over 1,000 yards passing on the season. And they're getting great contributions from the rookies on both sides of the football. How about Sam Laporta, Casey, the tight end? He has the most receptions at 22 and the most receiving yards at 242 by a tight end in his first career, uh, four career games in NFL history. So setting a nice pace. And the Panthers... Uh, they have to look elsewhere on the schedule, maybe for that first W. Unfortunately, 
Next week, it's Miami for the Panthers. So, mm. man, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, they they maybe they have to take advantage of somehow uh, finding a, a W on the schedule, but it's going to be tough this week too. Yeah, they got to find their claws. Okay, so up next, it is the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by one in this one. The Titans, Dave, have looked incredible and have also been unwatchable. I'm not, I'm not sure what they are yet, dude. I really don't know. And I don't know what the Colts are either, but I know I love to watch Anthony Richardson play football. He is exciting. Almost brought those Colts back. Um, tremendous output last week against the Rams. Came up just a little bit short. That dude is fun to watch. Yeah, the Titans, dude. Jekyll and Hyde team. I, I mean, get the it. most in the entire NFL. Yeah, it's crazy. Mr. One week, Tannehill, it looks elite. And then the next week, disaster. he looks like a Tannehill. All right, Dave, up next, we got the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites in this one. Yeah, Whew. and the Giants coming off. They were sitting at one and three coming off that Monday night football blowout. They got beat 24 to three uh, versus Seattle. And just when you thought the Giants were going to get back in it, Danny Dimebag tosses a 97 yard touchdown pick six pick six to the oh, it was a touchdown. Oh. That pretty much ensured the loss there. But on top of that, Jones was sacked 12 times in the football game. Dolphins uh, were putting an offensive clinic on in the first three games of the season, only to be clobbered by the Bills last week. Still, the Dolphins lead the NFL with. 2,044 yards of offense this season. That's the most by a team in their first four games in NFL history. And they lead the league in scoring at 37.5 points per game. Not a great time to get the Finns after losing by four touchdowns last week. Good luck slowing them down, Giants. Yeah, these Giants are not the Bills. All right, up next, Casey. It's the New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. Patriots at home, favored by one. Yeah, baby, the Cowboys' revenge tour. They sent Brady into retirement, handed BB his worst loss ever. We're coming for the Niners. Oh, we're talking Patriots. My bad. Speaking of <laughs> bad, the Patriots' offense has been pretty bad this season. O-line kind of banged up. Now there's questions about Mac Jones being the future. Since Mac arrived, they're 0-14 and 14 when they've allowed 25 points. Whoa. And last week they gave up 14 points on offense. That's not going to help those numbers, dude. And speaking of numbers, the Pats are 38% on third down and only 25% on fourth down. And as a team that's built a run, they're only getting three point fur, three point fur per clip and only one rush TD on the season. And you mentioned at the top, dude, they lost Matthew Judon. They lost a uh, uh, rookie first round draft pick, Christian Gonzalez. Now, you also mentioned they brought J.C. Jackson in, but he wasn't even playing for those Chargers. I'm not sure how much impact he's going to have right away. And I'm going to say this a lot during the season. If you are not in contention for the Super Bowl this year, collapse for Caleb. <laughs> yeah, that's got a nice ring to it, Casey. It does. <laughs> All right, Casey, the Saints are 2-2 two and two on a two-game losing streak after – uh, that second half collapse against Green Bay a couple weeks back and then uh, getting beat by Tampa Bay last week, 26-9. Just don't play the Bay teams and you're all good. Right. There you have it, man. <laughs> hey, playing a week after suffering a shoulder injury, Derek Carr and the Saints offense really struggled big time. Carr didn't push the ball downfield with that shoulder injury bothering him. 
Um, and so it was all about screen passes. In fact, the, the home team was booed on several occasions offensively. Alvin Kamara, though, 13 receptions. Somebody was on the receiving end of all those short little dump-off passes. Uh, Derek Carr's specialty, I might add. And 84 scrimmage yards for Kamara in his season debut last week. So he's knocking the rust off there. Carr has just two TD passes to go with two interceptions on the season for a passer rating of 80. So, I mean, the NF, the, the New Orleans offense is below average in all statistical categories, scoring just 25.5 points per game. That's tied for 25th. And the defense is what they usually count on, and they're just above average also in all the major stats right now, including holding teams to just 19 points a game, which is pretty good. Yeah. Whoever you pick, I, whoever you pick in this game to win is going to lose. That goes for That's everybody. Right. This, this is a no-win scenario. It's impossible, yeah. All right, up next, the AFC North battle. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Ravens are four-point favorites on the road. Yeah, how about the Steelers, Casey, uh, coming into this game at 2-2, two and two, but that seems even a little bit sketchy right now. Like, 2-2, two and two, wow. After that blowout loss to the Texans last week, and Kenny Pickett with the bone bruise, um, you know, it's going to probably be Mitch Trubisky. Troops, and troops, um, troops, certainly, troops. you know, the bit there, they do have their bye coming up. So that it more than likely means it is Mitch Trubisky to give, give uh, Pickett uh, the rest there. Mitchell Trubisky, um, you know, I guess he's a pretty, as far as backups go, he's a pretty good option because he's got a lot of experience and he's still young. Uh, but uh, let's move on. You know, Najee Harris did have a good game last week, uh, despite the loss, 103 scrimmage yards. But the Pittsburgh offense, generally speaking, has not been good, dude. Mm -hmm. 30th in yards per game, 25th in passing, 29th in rushing, despite that decent output. But mostly a lot of, you know, I, I mean, it's just the offense is not clicking at all. Scoring just 15 and a half points a game. That's not very good. And as we mentioned earlier, um, Frymuth also with that hammy won't be in this game. So, um, you know, the Steelers defense, which you'd expect to be pretty good, is actually not very good. They're 26th versus the pass, 30th in yards, 29th versus the run. They have the eight takeaways, which is pretty much how they won that Browns game. Uh, and they have plus three in the turnover ratio. But, I mean, you can't count on turnovers to bail you out. The, the Steelers aren't playing very good football on either side. And they're the good news is they're sitting at two and two, you know, and they got a chance to get a win this weekend. Shocking all the things that these Steelers aren't good at when traditionally they've been great at all those things. Right. That that's Let's, this is just the anti-Steeler squad, right? Weird. So weird. Um, these Ravens are kind of on the other side of all that. They're starting to get healthy again. They um yeah. Marlon Humphrey, Odell Beckham, and Rashad Bateman all returned to practice on Wednesday. That's great news. They're getting some help for Zay Flowers, dude. And speaking of Zay Flowers, the rookie leads the team in receptions, targets, and receiving yards. Also, they think they're going to get Ronnie Stanley back for this one, the left tackle. He, um, he, he was limited to start the week, but he was on the practice field on Wednesday, too. That should help this run game even more. And Todd Munkin and these Ravens, used a ton of motion in the game last week to really get after that stingy Cleveland defense. Runs with motion, 12 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Runs without motion, 7 carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. I guess the motion of the ocean will be going 
And now as a team, the Ravens were 33 for 131 yards and two TDs on the ground. Expect more of that, especially with you, what you just told me about this Steelers defense. Ooh. And speaking of defense, the Ravens, dude, they terrorized DTR getting his first start. Welcome to the NFL, Rook. Four sacks and three interceptions. Roquan Smith, 10 tackles. Patrick, yas, queen, three tackles for loss and a sack. If Pickett plays without limited mobility, things could get brutal. More of a reason that you put troops in there. <laughs> All right, Casey. <clears throat> Moving it on to the late uh, s- slate of games. Get things going here with the Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals, a feisty Cardinals squad. But the Bengals on the road are favored by four and a half. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I know the Bengals are desperate, but I don't know if I would keep sacrificing my $275 million franchise quarterback, dude. He can barely move. He's not able to push the ball down the field. And, like, maybe he's getting better each week, but the Titans kicked the crap out of him last week. That was freaking brutal. And I don't know how much more of that I need to see if I'm ownership there, especially with all that money out. And you flip it over these Cardinals, dude. Rookie head coach Jonathan Gannon. That's an intense dude, bro. And he has these Cardinals playing hard. They don't have a ton of depth or talent, but they're playing their asses off, and that's what they're going to do on Sunday. Protect the nest, Dave. (laughs) Oh, baby. Sweet game. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams, and the Eagles are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, Philadelphia starts off 4-0 and for the second straight season. Casey beating... Uh, New England, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Washington, the last one in overtime. Um, Philadelphia have won 21 of the last 22 games started by Hertz. Um, last week, Hertz, 319 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero picks. And DeAndre Swift running the ball well, nine, uh, 79 scrimmage yards last week. A.J. Brown, a big game, nine catches, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. Interestingly, is only two TDs of the year. So, Philadelphia offensively, though, they are a strong unit. Fifth in yards, second in rushing the football, and fifth in points at 29 and a half a game. And then defensively, overall, a pretty good unit as well. They're number two versus the run. Not so good at, at the pass, so it might end up falling on Matthew Stafford if he can start winging it around uh, to some of those fresh uh, receivers for the Rams. Yeah, dude, four weeks into season, and there's still a handful of teams that you can't definitively tell what they are yet. The Rams are one of those for me. They beat Seattle. They play the Niners tough. Then they lose to the Bengals, and they grind out a very tough OT win on the road last week. And by the end of that Colts game, dude, with that hip contusion, Stafford could barely walk, but he could still throw. McVay says he'll be good to go on Sunday, but Mm -hmm. I would monitor that and uh, see what happens leading up to that. And if his mobility is limited, bro, that could be very bad against these Eagles. Um, Kyron Williams, he's been a bright spot for the Rams, coming off his best game of the season. 25 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. But, Dave, there is none brighter than Puka Nakua, the fifth-round draft pick, not only holding it down until Cooper Cup gets back, which should be very soon, as you mentioned earlier. He's rewriting the record books already 39 grabs wow. on the season on pace for 166. He's the first rookie since 1970 to lead the NFL in receptions through four weeks. 
pretty good for a fifth round pick. Nobody saw this guy coming crazy. And Tutu Atwell having a really nice season as well. I don't yeah. know if they can afford to get into a shootout with these Eagles, but the bird gang, they travel well. This might be a home game for those guys. Ooh. Ooh. We know what happens at SoFi. All right, Case, up next, it's the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. A thriller here. The Broncos are favored by two and a half. NFL football. Well, NFL, dude, I loved what I saw to Zach Wilson last week. His best game Me as too. a pro. And did he take that next step or was that a one-off? I'm hoping that he took the step because um, you can tell it's been wearing on the dude and so much expectation on the Jets. And then Rodgers goes down. He's thrust back into there. So hopefully we're seeing things to come on that. So he should be able to get it going against the Broncos. Everybody else has. They've given up almost six yards of carry and 2,000 yards of total offense. And Dave, 20 touchdowns. <laughs> we're just a <laughs> month into this thing. Denver's trying anything to get it turned around. They'll be wearing their snow-capped all-white helmets for the first time in team history. Dave, less orange. That's a good thing. Yeah, that right there makes it worth tuning in, doesn't it, Casey? Oh, yeah. You know how I love the uniforms. <laughs> All right, Dave, up next, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. The Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a rematch of Super Bowl Four, And even though those Vikings were 13-and-a-half-point favorites, it was the Kansas City Chiefs that won 23-7. This was the last win by the AFL as the two leagues would merge the following year, the late great Len Dawson, Super Bowl MVP, and Dave, the Chiefs, Hank Stram, forever immortalized with the phrase, matriculate the ball down the field, boys. Matriculate the ball down the field. <laughs> All right, Casey, one in three Vikings got their first win last week over prevailing over the winless Panthers. And after winning a ton of toss-up one-score games last year, Going 14-3, the Vikes are on the other side of those close games with losses by 3-6-4 and four this year. But that's the NFL, right? Kirk Cousins is the only quarterback with two-plus touchdowns in each of the first four weeks. He leads the NFL in TD passes with 11s and re 11 and ranks third in pass yards at 1,214. Justin Jefferson, obviously, is awesome. He had six catches, 85 yards, and two scores last week. The Minnesota offense is third in passing, just 28th in rushing. That being said, running back Alexander Madison did rush for 95 yards last week and is looking for his third in a row with 90-plus rush yards. Sounds pretty good. Cam Akers had 51 scrimmage yards last week in his debut, so maybe they're getting that run game going. So the Minnesota defense is just a bit below average in all the major stats. They've got 11 sacks but just three takeaways on the season. So Minnesota, Casey, crucially, is negative eight in the turnover ratio. Needless to say, they got to hold on to the football and hopefully create some turnovers this weekend against the Chiefs if they want to be in this football game. That's only the Chiefs, Dave. You know, there's nothing like the distraction of the circus that follows one of the most famous pop stars on the planet. <laughs> Dating one of your best players when trying to repeat a Super Bowl champs, right? Hey, Dave, do you know who Kelsey is dating? I, I'm not, I'm, who's that, Casey? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not talking Taylor Swift, Dave. I'm talking about Mama Kelsey. Her and Jake yeah. from State Farm are getting That's busy, right. baby, in the suite at the Eagles game last week. Hey, now, 
I'm not hating on her. Good for you, baby. And when you've had success, it's all that other shit that starts creeping in. People being commercial stars, not star athletes, you know, distracted, doing all these things during the week. Um, maybe it won't matter, especially now that the Chiefs have found that power run game. Do it. Isaiah Pacheco coming off a 20 for 115 and a TD Woo! against that Stout jet defense, dude. That's just what everybody wants to see if that's what's happening with the Chiefs now. Very scary, dude. But um, still not a true number one receiver besides Killer Trav, the tight end. Can they grab one before the trade deadline? DJ Moore, T. Higgins. These are guys that might be available, but does anybody want to help these Chiefs get better? Yeah. Mm. I don't know about that one. By the way, this Kansas City defense has only given up six touchdowns on the season. Wow. And this might, it might be my first former Chaja, Drew Tranquil leading the team in tackles, Chris Jones doing Chris Jones things, although only one turnover for the defense. Oh, look, it's the Vikings minus eight. <laughs> what could go wrong? Here's where you fill up that stat, Casey. <laughs> and Casey, uh, now we know why uh, Jake from State Farm has always got that big smile on his face, right? <laughs> yeah, Mom Kelsey puts out allegedly. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving on to Sunday Night Football. This is the game of the week, really, Casey. Not just because it features your Cowboys, because it really is the game of the week. Man, it is a Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go into the Wayback Machine when this was the Super Bowl, Casey. Niners at home, favored by three and a half in this one, and it is going to be good. Yeah, Dave. And, um, you know, these 49ers have eliminated Dallas from the postseason four times. Dallas has eliminated those punks from the postseason five times. Suck it, Niners. The nine playoff meetings are tied for the most all-time between two franchises. And that's why I'm donning the prime gear today. I got the hat and I got the glasses because we're taking it back to when Prime was on both of those teams winning Super Bowls, although I only want one of these teams to win a Super Bowl. And I'm going to start with the defense for the Cowboys. That has been one of the stories to start this first month of the season. Oh, yeah. What about Jerome Bland last week? He's alleviated some of the concern of losing Trayvon Diggs for the season. It, it took a little bit. You know, Thursday to Sunday wasn't enough. Another week helped them look much better. He had three pass breakups last week, two interceptions, including a pick six versus those Pats. He's from North Carol uh, North California, Northern California, NorCal. Do they like it when you say NorCal up there? I don't think they do. NorCal. So he's going to be playing in front of family and friends. Deron Bland, dude, eight interceptions in just 21 games into his career. So is it cool if I put in the request for nine and 10 on Sunday? <laughs> now this defense has been awesome Totally awesome. But in the playoff game last year, they dropped a couple of interceptions. They didn't capitalize on Brock's mistakes. And that's bad news because so far this year, Brock's been even better. He's got no interceptions and only lost one fumble. He's fumbled four times. Cowboys have to make him pay for those. Cowboys plus nine in the turnover ratio, 14 sacks, have given up only four touchdowns and have four non-offensive touchdowns. Can Dallas get out in front of these guys and put pressure on Purdy to have to make plays? He's played pretty well, but I don't know that they faced any danger. I don't know that he's played from behind more than like a touchdown or something. So um, I guess that's just a bonus on having one of the best and most complete teams in the NFL. 
If Dallas can slow down CMC, no one's been able to yet. That would help too. Um, but that is much easier said than done. The boys have been sustaining drives on offense, converting third downs at 50%, but they've struggled inside the 20 and have settled for far too many field goals. Got to pay off those drives with touchdowns. And I don't think it's that far off. Just got to get it a little bit tighter, um, but definitely room for improvement. Michael Gallup, some really nice games back to back, five plus receptions and 60, 60 plus yards. Still waiting on Brandon Cooks to get it going. We need him to have an impact on this offense. That's what they envisioned when they traded for him. Hasn't happened yet. Jake Ferguson, not from State Farm, but he is getting a ton of red zone looks, dude. He had a couple of drops, but he's easing into this elevator role. Coming off career best, seven receptions for 77 yards last week. 777. Not sure if Hendershot's going to be back for this one. That means more opportunities for Schoonmaker. I'm almost done, Dave. Stick with me. Looks like Rico Daddle escaped major injury, uh, major hip injury. But either way, I want to see more Hunter Lipke in those goal-to-goal situations. The uh, rookie fullback, he had a touchdown last week. And in my opinion, he's more than just a fullback. Cowboys got to get TP and this run game going. They only had 20 rush yards in the second half of that playoff loss last year. If the Cowboys can't run... It's going to be a very long day. But a Cowboys win would go a long way for their psyche and getting their minds right, not to mention playoff positioning. But it won't really matter until they do it in the postseason. Either way, Dallas has to prove their toughness, especially to this squad that's kind of taken advantage of them. Great opportunity to do so on Sunday night on the road. What more could you ask for? Yeah. Whew. Okay. I'll talk a little Niners. <laughs> I'll keep it brief comparatively. You have to match it word for word. <laughs> okay. Allow me to monologue. Uh, San Francisco 4-0 beating the Steelers, Rams, Giants, and Cardinals. And this week versus Dallas is obviously their biggest test this season. They have won 14 consecutive regular season games and are the first team since the 2012-13 Broncos with 30-plus points in seven straight regular season games. So, They're clicking on offense. Purdy playing pretty good football himself. Completed last week 20 of 21, 95-plus percent. Fourth highest in single game in NFL history in a single game. Minimum 20 attempts. So Mr. Irrelevant's making some stats here. 283 yards and two touchdowns last week. No picks. Another sweet performance. You're right. He hasn't faced a lot of adversity. But, man, does he thrive with all these tools around him. He can become the third quarterback to begin his career since 1970 to win each of the first 10 uh, career starts. And he leagues the league with a 115.1 quarterback rating. Uh, so uh, the other two quarterbacks, by the way, to win their first 10 games, Roethlisberger and, of course, the legendary Mike Tomzak. Casey, moving it on, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey and the Obviously, the need for the Cowboys defense to slow him down through the run in the pass. He's going to have a chance to become the fourth player in the Super Bowl era to run for 100 yards. Uh, he, he became it last weekend, excuse me, for run for 100 yards at 106, three rushing touchdowns, 70-plus receiving touchdowns, and a, t- a TD in a single game. So that's Next good. thing you're going to tell me, he's dating some hot supermodel. I don't know about that, Casey. I don't follow all that non-football garbage, Casey. But I will tell you this. This team is extremely balanced. And I'll tell you, offensively, second in yards per game, third in points per game, third in rushing. And they pass the ball pretty well, too, 
ninth. Okay. Defensively, fifth in yards per game, third in points per game at 14 and a half, and third against the rush. So it's going to be tough for your Cowboys to run on this squad. And they defend the pass decently. They're, that's where their only slight weak spot is where they're 17th against the pass. But when you when it comes down to it, it's all about points. When you're third in points scored and third in points given up, you're doing stuff right on both sides of the football to get there. Brutal. Oh, it's going to be such a great game, dude. I got OU Texas on Saturday, Dallas and San Woo. Fran on Sunday night. What a delicious, delicious football weekend. <laughs> All right, what about Dave. Colorado got... and Prime, Coach Prime. <laughs> I'm just talking Cowboys Prime, even though that's the look. <laughs> All right, we got one more for the people's Monday night football. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Readers. And the Packers are one-point favorites on the road. Dave, talk about your favorite team, the Raiders. The Raiders fell to one and three last weekend, Casey, as their comeback attempt uh, came up short versus the Chargers. Jimmy G was in the concussion protocol, so they handed it over to rookie Aiden O'Connell for his first start in the NFL. He was under extreme pressure uh, the whole game, being sacked seven times, fumbling twice, and and, and finally throwing a pick on his last play to lose the football game. On the bright side, though, O'Connell was 24 of 39 for 61.5%, per, uh, and he rushed for a TD. Um, the Raiders will likely go back to Garoppolo, although that, they've been kind of coy about that at this point, as long as he clears the concussion program. He has, though, just five TDs and six interceptions on the season for an 81.4 passer rating. So he hasn't lit it up by any stretch of the imagination. Also, rushing leader from last year, remember this guy, Josh Jacobs? He did a great job last week leading the team with 139 uh, scrimmage yards, and he's got his first touchdown of the season. He had eight catches, though, so he's really big out of the backfield there. But the team, the Raiders, are dead last rushing the football, which is 66.3 yards per game rushing. Jake Jacobs averaging just 2.7 yards per carry. That's not good. That's half what he what he rushed for last year per carry. Raiders near the bottom in points scored with just 15 and a half a game. I mean, maybe they can get the ground going against uh, the Green Bay rush defense, um, but Las Vegas defensively, they're okay, but you know they're not all that great. So this is going to be an interesting game. It's this is kind of up in the air right now. Both these teams really need a win, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see who can jump in there. Yeah, dude, I said last week that I wanted to see that Green Bay defense play, and they opened up that Thursday night game with an interception, and the Pack had a quick field goal and a 3 nothing lead against those Lions. Looking, Looking good, good. And feeling fine. And that was about it for all the first-half feel-goods. Um, from that moment on, the Pack watched the Lions score 27 straight, were outgained in the first quarter 194-1, to and by halftime that ballooned up to 284 to 21 but wait there's more the lions (laughs) outrushed the packers 211 to 27 so maybe the raiders find the run game on monday night jordan love sacked five times what's missing a healthy aaron jones they he was on a pitch count last week only five carries so a few extra days then playing on thursday now playing on monday night might help them out um what didn't help them out was losing david bakhtiari he's on ir Mm -hmm. Already yeah. a mass unit on that offensive line. Um, and that might be really bad news with the date uh, with Max Crosby. Yeah. 
The good news is the pack did get Christian Watson back last week, and he had a touchdown against those Lions. But, dude, when you dig a 27-3 to hole, it's tough to win. The pack have shown signs of life, but they've been way too inconsistent. They've had both huge fourth-quarter collapse and huge fourth-quarter comebacks. They've outscored the opposition 77-37 in the second half. That's good, mm-hmm. but they've been outscored in the first half 59-23. to That's bad. But if they can tighten that stuff up and get the right players healthy, they have a very manageable schedule coming up in the next few weeks. So, you know, it's a couple of great teams in the NFC, but everybody else sitting right there. So a lot will be determined in this next month of the season. We'll have more idea. These offenses will catch up a little bit, I think, and hopefully they can get a little healthy. It will be interesting to see. Hopefully the Packers get a little bit healthy this week against this Raider squad. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> rocking at the death rumba. Dave, so many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone, what you're listening to right now, available for free on subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. Free of charge, people. And while you're at it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. And while you're out there surfing, go ahead and uh, get in your browser and bookmark footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Have a great weekend, people. We are out of here.